This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Hello, and welcome to Future of the Business World. I'm Diana Drake of the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. This podcast explores entrepreneurship and innovation with a twist. Our guests are all still in high school and on a mission to strengthen their entrepreneurial mindset, generate profits, solve pressing problems, and create change. Today's guest joins us from Puerto Rico. Alejandro Gonzalez has expressed himself through entrepreneurship for years and has learned a thing or two along the way. He took an online pre-baccalaureate class with us this summer and reached out through our virtual Global Youth Meetup community to tell us about his reselling business. Alejandro, it's great to have you on Future of the Business World. Thank you for having me. Let's get started. What do business and entrepreneurship mean to you? So business entrepreneurship, it's, it's really about being able to control my time, like compared to a normal job. I, I love that in business, I, I can work whenever I want. So if one day I'm inspired at 2 a.m., I can work at 2 a.m. If one day it's 7 a.m., I can do that as well. And it's also a way of constantly learning and developing myself. Because in a way, if you want to develop your business, you also have to work on yourself. So I, I do also enjoy that a lot. I want to drill down on your reselling activities. But first, let's consider the context, I guess. You are from Puerto Rico, a vibrant and resilient island in the Caribbean that has really endured devastating natural disasters like Hurricane Maria in 2017. How have those challenges changed your perspective on life and particularly on business? It's really funny. It's like we almost got a preview of the pandemic with what we had here in the Hurricane Maria. I personally didn't have electricity for around six, seven months. So it was a, a, a bit of a challenge, really. And it also had a lot of supply chain issues as we have some specific law with the United States in which everything that gets here has to go through a port from the United States. So it's it was really hard to to get a lot of resources that we needed. Puerto Rico is still devastated in a, in a way. There are a lot of things that really didn't recuperate. A lot of businesses stopped fully and they will never come back again. So it was really, really affected Puerto Rico. Wow. And I'm sure also maybe changed your perspective on what it means to be resilient. Do you agree? Yeah, it, it was it, it was hard for everyone. Again, yeah, a lot of businesses, they there's nothing they could do, but they still did their best considering everything that was happening. Let's talk about Cacique, the business you started to resell items online. Can you tell us the meaning of the name and tell us more about how this business came together? What products did you sell? Cacique originated from the name of the tribe leaders that lived here before the, the Spaniards came in the 1400s. So it's uh, inspired by a really old tradition here. So I started selling stickers so I could get money in school, stickers and chips. And when I got enough money, I started selling clothing, shoes and collectible items. I also saved up a lot of money. Like since I was in kindergarten, I had my... Uh, all of my money saved up for the business. So it took a lot of time. Can you give us some more details about the business? I would locally source products, maybe from different retailers. And for example, one time I bought five or six pairs of shoes in, in the same mall. So I brought like three or four different people. And it was a it was a really complicated process because they only let you buy one thing per person. 
And then I sold them all the same week on GOAT, which means uh, getting boxes for all of them and shipping them to USPS. And at the time, I didn't have my driver's license. So my parents would be bothered when I showed up with five or six boxes and said, hey, uh, I need to go to the local USPS. <laughs> parents are always the business partner in these businesses, right? <laughs> yes. They definitely. really are the unsung heroes. So when did it really hit its stride? when I was about 15 or 16, so uh, still a teenager, yeah, it reached about 3,400 in sales in 90 days on eBay. And I also sold locally and on other platforms. All right. So I'm hoping we can explore some of the lessons about business that you've learned as a reseller. First of all, what are some of the intricacies of selling on different online platforms? Can you talk about that, the products you sold, but also the different places you sold them? It's really different with every platform. For example, on eBay, you talk directly with the person you're selling the item to, which you have to deal with a lot of customer service compared to something like Goat, which considers me an independent contractor. It's a really different way of selling and also i sold on the biggest sneaker convention at the time in puerto rico which it's face to face it's a totally different experience from selling online so there are a lot of different ways you can sell things and they also have intricacies to each of them i remember reading about a reseller during the pandemic who also happened to be a high school student who sourced like really in-demand merchandise, like gaming consoles, raised the prices on these hard-to-get items, and then made a lot of money reselling them online. What have you learned about the logistics of sourcing items to sell? Can you give us some specifics? Navigating supply and demand, and even pricing. I only have one word, which is research. You have to do a lot of research. There are some really on-demand products that, you, like the PlayStation Five, when it started selling out, that you you kind of can know how much it sells for but some items i bought they only had like three listings on ebay or something like that it was really hard to get so it, it's really about knowing about the industry you're in I, I i followed every instagram page i could i i talked with everyone i could and uh, getting your information from there while your business is online there are people on the other end of these transactions so you must inspire them to buy your products as well as keep them happy when they do. Have you become skilled at customer service and marketing? And what are some specific things you've learned there? This business is not as easy as people think. There are, you know, I have to take a lot of photos. I have to answer questions all the time. There are people that try to take money from you and try to, it's really a lot more than just listing your item and trying to sell it. And you also need good reviews if you want, if you want to sell more. So I I sent little messages to the to the buyers on the packages and things like that. So it's a really complicated process of customer service and trying to connect with the people you're selling the items to. Have you? Can you tell us an example of um, maybe one of the items that you sold and the process of selling it? The most common things were shirts, and I would buy them online. And for example, Uniqlo once had a clearance sale that they sold shirts for like $10 each, and they would sell on Puerto Rico for about $30 each. So I noticed that, bought them, and sold them locally. But it, it really depends on the items. Some are a lot harder to ship than others, especially coming from Puerto Rico, which shipping is a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. 
So you have to factor that in. And the complicated thing is that some people automatically refuse to buy things from you if you're from Puerto Rico. So Why is that? The, the shipping costs, I believe, mostly. It's just they think it's more expensive and they just flat out reject you no matter the offer. Oh, no. You have to deal with the rejection, right? <laughs> That's part of the business. Right. You took a class on behavioral economics this summer, as I mentioned, with the Wharton Global Youth Pre-Bac program. What lessons from that course would you apply to your entrepreneurial endeavors? The key takeaway is that uh, I I self-studied for AP microeconomics, and they teach you that everyone is perfectly rational. They're not. <laughs> for example, I have here a, a keychain that it sells for about $50 on eBay, and rationally, that, that makes no sense. Most of the things I sell make absolutely no sense when you factor in rationality, but it's it's something that people consider. They have a lot of emotion. And I think it's really important to consider that when you're selling something, factoring in maybe nostalgia or or another emotion that you might not have considered originally when selling the product. That's really interesting. Back up a minute though. Keychain for $50 on eBay. What kind of keychain is this? It's a it's a Travis Scott keychain now that he's selling out concerts in Egypt or something like that. It's it's getting a lot harder to find because it's also a lot of the things I bought, how they work is that they only sell it for one time. Like it, they had a collection on, let's say 2019, they sold it in 2019 and it's over. There are a hundred keychains in the world that that's it. They're not selling that again. So that's why it's so expensive because it's never going to be produced again. Right. It's got that limited appeal, right? Yeah. Yeah, which again, that's not rational, but it's something that people do factor in when they're purchasing items. I know you mentioned to me that you've put your reselling business on hold for a time as you work on college applications. Do you plan to resume your entrepreneurial activities in the next few years? Yeah, definitely. And and I also hope to meet a lot of people in university who who share some of the same experiences and ways of thinking that I do. And maybe trying something different because I'm always open to to new business ideas or concepts. Yeah. I mean, is there a reselling community out there? I mean, are there platforms where you guys can kind of trade? Oh, yeah. Practices? Yeah. Just in Puerto Rico, I was in chats with like 300 people and some of them lived off just reselling different items. Like that was their, their job. Right. There, there's definitely a community for that. Uh, and for selling any type of things, like if, if you hearing this right now, you want to start doing this, it doesn't have to be shoes. It doesn't have to be clothing. I also sold comics, video games, uh, vinyl records. There are uh, any hobby that you want, you can apply to, to a business model. Yeah, because again, it sounds like you're appealing to also, you know, people's collections and and their emotional, you know, interest in different items too. Yeah, now with Barbie, I'm sure there are a lot of really expensive Barbie out there. I'm sure that's a that's also a, a business going on right now. Interesting, right? Definitely, lots of reselling happening there. Yeah. So you said something to me earlier that I want to hear more about. You said, I'm happy I started early instead of messing up when the stakes are higher. What do you mean by that exactly? I'm just glad I'm failing now with with less money and less things to consider because if 
uh, I have a in 20 years, I have a kid and I I mess something up really hard in my business. It can mean a lot of things that right now, you know, I have a I have a home. I my parents give me food. So yeah, the stakes are are much lower now. And these lessons I can apply to forever, basically. So I'm just glad that the things that went wrong went wrong now and not when it was a, a bigger thing. I understand. So, yeah, I mean, you don't have as much to lose at this point because you're surrounded by a safety net. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, i got to ask the next question, which is what went wrong? <laughs> I need to know an example of maybe some of the ways that you feel, you know, you messed up and, and that um, you really learned from that and were able to pivot. So this one isn't as serious. It was, it was mostly funny, but I I once traded a a pair of shoes for another that I liked, and I did that in in person. And it was dark out, so I didn't really see the shoe well. When I got home, it was broken. <laughs> so and, and they just uh, did not respond to any messages. Obviously, so that that was a that was definitely a, a lesson of being aware uh, that uh, not everyone is nice to you in business uh something else that i uh, i really want to talk about is that i think my my ego was in the way in of of making money in the sense that for example i i there are some things in puerto rico that don't sell as much like high ticket items that do sell in, in the united states online and i remember holding something for like six months because i wanted to sell it for a bit more money in puerto rico and it never happened and sometimes some people don't know how to take a loss or make a little bit less money than in in other avenues, even though it's a much quicker way. So sometimes you just have to uh, take that loss or or take a little bit less money and pivot something new. Yeah, take that risk a little bit, right? And I love your example with the sneakers. I'm sorry that happened to you, but... <laughs> You know, it's so funny that you're mostly online with your business, but this was actually a face-to-face -face transaction, right? That's crazy. All right. So where do you go from here? Do you hope to take all you've learned and be at the forefront of an innovative business someday? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I'd really love to. Now, in, again, in university, I hope to to connect with people that do share some some interest with me and some that don't, and I can learn a lot from them. Uh, I I also enjoy investing in general. I I had my I bought my first stock when I was thirteen, which was really young at the time. And I also just enjoy helping anyone out with their uh, passion or their business. So I I do hope to continue doing this in the future. Okay, so one question I like to ask all my guests on Future of the Business World is: If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I really like the Renaissance and I want everyone to know a bit more about everything. And this really applies to business in the sense that maybe you're meeting with a client that really likes basketball and you should know a bit about basketball. Maybe someone else likes comics. You should know a bit about that. And and I think in, in general, everyone should have a, a general sense of understanding of a lot of different hobbies and things that are that are unexpected to better understand each other and better connect with each other. Let's end with our lightning round. Answer these questions as quickly as you can. Something about you that would surprise us. I write poetry and I enjoy it. Something about Puerto Rico that would surprise us. So a lot of people 
have a lot of confusion about what Puerto Rico is. We're not a state, but we're not independent either. So we're uh, an independent associated state. It's it's a weird phrase. We're the only one in the world with that. So Puerto Rico has a complicated status. Your biggest mistake in business so far? This is connecting to what I said earlier, my, my ego. Everyone should listen to other people's opinions and take that loss sometimes. Describe your personal brand in a few words. I'm always learning and always trying to improve. I may not be the best at something, but you best believe I will try to learn as much about it. Your biggest lesson from Boy Scouts that you apply to entrepreneurship. Being really organized. Now I'm working on my Eagle project, finishing that up. And you have to message a lot of people, ask about a lot of things. There are a lot of uh things you have to consider with uh, your schedule and such. So being organized, being really organized. Music, book, or show that really inspired you in the past six months? The book Psycho-Cybernetics, which is about connecting your subconscious to your conscious mind and visualizing your future. The business person you would most like to take to lunch and why? So I'm recently reading a lot about Ray Dalio, which is the founder of the world's biggest hedge fund. And he's also someone who I think is always trying to learn about everything. And he he always is willing to hear other people's opinions. And I think I, I could learn a lot from him. Excellent. Alejandro, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you for joining us on Future of the Business World. Thank you. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.